Welcome to a special series of Houndcast. We're excited to bring you three episodes centered around the topic of planned giving. Our guests will be sharing advice that hopefully you can remember and uh, take to your own team of experts. My name is Luke Smith. I'm a graduate of the class of 2011 and a leadership gift officer here at Moravian. And we're coming to you today from the Zinzenko New Media Center in Reed's Library. I will be your host for this mini-series that is airing during National Estate Planning Awareness Week. And today I'm excited to welcome Steve Link, Director of Philanthropic Services at Cornerstone Advisors in Bethlehem. Steve, welcome and thank you for being here. How are you? I'm great, Lucas. Thank you for having me. So today's podcast is the second in our series of three, and we're focused on the idea of gifts that provide income back, also known as charitable gift annuities or, for short, CGAs. So I can make a gift and receive income back? This is a beautiful thing. Not everybody feels that they can give away the actual principal that they're giving to charity. And so with these types of gifts, the person who is giving it can retain a life income until such time as they feel they don't need it or until they're passing. Okay. So tell me a little bit more of the basics of how these work. So there are a couple of different ways of funding them, but basically you're giving an asset to Moravian which then Moravian makes a promise to you that for your lifetime, and potentially if you wish, to your spouse or to somebody else, they will pay you a fixed dollar amount for the rest of that period of time. For gifts, you can give cash, write a check, you can give stock. We've even done it with a gift of real estate, which is more complicated and probably doesn't fit into a 15-minute podcast, but it's doable. Okay, so Steve, you told me you can make a gift in cash, you can make a gift of real estate, securities, but why would someone want to make a gift like this? So sometimes you want to build the fixed income component of your future income stream. So this is a great way to start locking that in now. In other cases, you're thinking about a parent maybe that you're giving after-tax dollars to because they need a little extra support, or a sibling or a child. And this is a great way to set up a gift that will keep on giving. So I've, I've worked with many grandparents that set these up for their grandchildren. And they call it basically an I love you gift because it will keep giving to that grandchild even after the grandparent passes away. So it's kind of like a, a call from beyond to say, hey, I'm still thinking of you. Yeah, that's great. And what are maybe some of the high-level tax benefits? Because um, I know that's not always the primary motive for donors but there have to be some benefits from an you know, individual tax standpoint. A absolutely. The, the tax benefit is frequently the icing on the cake. So there's an immediate income tax deduction, which everybody appreciates. It helps reduce your taxable income. On the other hand, you're also getting assets out of your estate, so your estate isn't going to be taxed on those assets. And the income that comes back to you or to whoever you designated as the income beneficiary is a mix of ordinary income, capital gain income, and tax-free income, depending upon what you gave. If you gave cash, you're getting back tax-free income, which is a return of your own principal. It is a portion of the original gift is going back to you, and then ordinary income. So the charitable deduction you get up front is unlike when you make an outright gift to Moravian. When you make an outright gift to Moravian, you get 100% of the original gift as your tax deduction whether you can utilize a deduction or not. With a gift annuity, the charitable deduction is reduced to reflect the non-charitable portion that you are retaining for yourself or giving away to a spouse or a child or a grandchild. 
Okay. And what would one of these agreements perhaps look like on a very basic level with either Moravian or perhaps an organization that, that is near and dear to some of our listeners' hearts? The, the beauty of these is you can set them up for just about any institution, either directly with the institution or through your local community foundation. There are many organizations that offer these. They've been around for centuries. The Catholic Church was one of the first proponents of annuities. So it has a long history, and it's a very simple agreement. Basically, you outline who is giving the money, who is getting the distributions from it, what's the date of birth, because the payout is based on the date of birth of the person who's getting the income stream. It may be intuitive to your listeners, but if you have only one beneficiary, it's going to be a higher payout than if you have two beneficiaries. So a husband and wife will have a lower payout than just the wife by herself or the husband by himself. And the older you are, this is probably intuitive too, the higher the payout because sadly your life expectancy is probably shorter. Um, this is all based on the IRS mortality tables for what our average life expectancy is. To be honest, graduates of a place like Moravian and, and other places who have a higher level of education, greater access to medical care, probably are independent readers, have a longer life expectancy than the average person. So you're already getting an extra when you set up a gift annuity um, if you're a graduate. What if I don't need the payments now? Can I defer those to the future? Absolutely. You should probably speak with your gift person at Moravian or whatever organization you're working with to verify that they actually will do a deferred gift annuity. There are a couple of different variations on a theme. You can set a specific future date at which you want to receive the payments. There are also things called flexible deferred gift annuities where you can say, I'm not sure what year I'm going to retire and I want this income stream to start. It's going to be in this band of time. So run the chart. The calculation is run for the first available date in terms of the tax deduction you can claim, the charitable tax deduction, but you can still wait. So say you're having a great time and you're 65 and that was the first period that you planned to get income, you can keep working to 67 or 70 and just wait to start receiving that income to a later date. It continues to grow in value. And you mentioned earlier about a grandparent setting this up for perhaps a grandchild. The famous I love you gift. Exactly. So you can direct these to other family members. Yes, there, there are tax considerations that you will want to take into account, and it is advisable to talk with your professional advisor, financial advisor, tax advisor, to make sure that you're not ending up in a surprise situation. But if you fund them with cash, the future income stream is considered a gift to that other person the only person who is not subject to a gift tax is your spouse. You can make an unlimited number of gifts to your spouse without any taxation. For the others, you just need to be careful. So in most cases, if you're giving an appreciated asset, there will be a capital gain component and you need to be careful of using capital gain income um, because it will subject you to immediate capital gain tax at the front end, whereas in the regular payment, if it was distributions for yourself or your spouse, you can spread the capital gain out over your lifetime. Part of it is forgiven with the charitable portion of the gift annuity, and the part that is coming back to you is spread out over your life expectancy. So Steve, the last thing we want to touch on is purpose. 
oftentimes people, when they're making a substantial gift like this at Moravian, there's a certain designation to it. But in some instances, some of these funds are just directed to unrestricted scholarship. In your experience, have you seen both? I have seen both. I think, as you've said, most people come to a gift conversation with an intent in mind. They're, they're motivated to make the gift because they care about something, whether it's scholarships, whether it's a special program or the academic area they graduated from, a sports team that they played on. These are the motivators that cause people to give back. And, and you can specify in a gift annuity agreement how you want the end to be used. Is it for unrestricted purposes and so it's, it will be expended right away? Is it to be added to endowment? to be used in perpetuity to make a difference in that specific area. The amount isn't enough in the specific contract. They can always say, we want it to go into endowment for this purpose, it just won't carry their, their specific name, at least at the various institutions I've worked, that's been the case. So lastly, Steve, I'd love for you to share a little bit about your role at Cornerstone, the expertise that your group has, and the relationship that Cornerstone has with Moravian. Sorry, three-part question. So my whole career has been spent in higher education, in, largely, and fundraising overall. I've, I've been raising money since I was six years old, so I'm kind of an old hack at this from, from that perspective. I love what I do because you meet amazing people. You have the opportunity to help them think through what it is that is important to them, where they want to have an impact in their communities, in their families, and then help them figure out what's the right vehicle to realize that. I was at Lehigh for a dozen years, St. Luke's Hospital, and then I most recently spent 15 years with Georgetown University, finishing as their senior philanthropic advisor. And, you know, this is a wonderful new opportunity at Cornerstone to be detached from the specific needs of a given charity and to be able to help people really think through objectively. I have, I have nothing to sell other than I really care about philanthropy, and I think it's important that people intentionally think about their philanthropy as part of their overall financial planning. So I work with individuals to think through that, and I work with nonprofits as they want to build stronger revenue-generating plan-giving programs. Well, Steve, I can say a big thank you from us at Moravian because it's so important to have a resource like you and Cornerstone in our community. We want to thank you for joining us on today's episode and contributing to this special series of Houndcasts on plan giving. I'm sure the audience probably had a takeaway or two today, and they'll be able to take this to their trusted team of experts. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with our last episode of the series, and joining us will be Dan Nagito, Certified Financial Planner from Market Street Financial Advisors in Bethlehem. Thanks to all of our loyal listeners, and go Hounds.